So for the past like week, I kind of lost my voice a little bit. And I've heard from numerous people that they like this voice better. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are thinking right now, but <clears throat> excuse me if I'm kind of coughing or whatnot. I think it's all the yellow dust. You guys have been doing okay? Everyone's healthy? Yeah. Oh, that didn't sound too. Everybody healthy? All right, let's get into it. Um, for those of you guys that have never seen me before, my name is Erin. Um, I'm the executive director of Emmaus Campus Ministry, and I'm also a co-lead pastor of New Philadelphia Church that oversees this ministry. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I love coming to KU. I think I tell you this time and time again because your campus is one of my favorites, um, and you guys got good food. So <laughs> let's, let's eat some spiritual food tonight, shall we? I want you guys to open up your Bibles to Colossians. <clears throat> We're going to look at Colossians chapter 2. Um, that's in the New Testament. <clears throat> Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and last one of the four epistles, Colossians. In other words, God eats potato chips. <clears throat> I'm convinced that there will be potato chips in heaven, by the way. I'm convinced there's going to be good food. All right, we're going to look at verses 6 to 7. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the ESV, but you guys can read from whatever version you have. Here we go on the count of three. One, two, three. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Amen. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. Everybody say walk in him. him. Rooted and built up and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See, this passage in Colossians was a letter from Apostle Paul written to the Colossae church. And what was going on at that time was there was a lot of false teachers coming in. And a lot of different, I guess, interpretations of who Jesus was started entering into the church. One of the biggest arguments at that time was that Jesus actually wasn't God. And so Apostle Paul was in jail when he first wrote this letter. And he heard about what was going on in the church. And he's like, hold up. This is a hot mess. I need to write a letter. I need to straighten the situation out. And so he writes this letter to the Colossae church. And in it, he directly refutes All of those lies, the heretical teaching, and he says, listen carefully, Jesus is God. Listen carefully, Jesus is God. And in the midst of this, he talks here in verse 6, it says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught. A lot of problems comes from the fact that what we think Christianity is, is just simply receiving Jesus Christ. We think that is the alpha and the omega of our faith. Listen, that is the key point. That is the turning point where we were dead and we are made alive again. But look what scripture says here. It doesn't end in receive Jesus Christ. It says it starts there. Receive Jesus Christ as Lord. And then what? Be rooted in him. Be built up in him. 
be established in the faith. There's a continuation. We're called to walk in him, walk with Christ. So today I want to talk about your walk. I'm not going to talk about just your salvation. I'm going to talk about, are you walking with Christ? Are you walking with Jesus? If someone were to examine your life today, would they be able to tell that you actually are a Christian? That you live a life that's different than someone that doesn't know Jesus. By the way, I'm a nice person. I'm kind. I said this at Yonsa. I come off a little bit, but, but I'm kind. I'm very gracious, right? Gracious. Staff, I'm gracious. We got to work on that sincerity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to come at you because I believe that this is so essential. This is so important. Are you walking with Jesus? You know, when you were born again, the moment you received Christ, you were made a brand new creation. A brand new creation. You were born again. Your life is designed to be dramatically different than what it was before you received Jesus. I'm wondering, do you see the change? Do you see the transformation? Are you on that process? It's a journey. We're sanctified. We're completely made righteous, but it's still an ongoing process of sanctification. But do you see progress in your life? Are you seeing progression? God is calling us not just to receive Jesus. It starts there. He's calling us and inviting us to walk with him. You know, when I got married, my life radically transformed. It wasn't like, oh, look, yay, I got a roommate. You know, oh, now someone's going to be sleeping right next to me and we're going to, you know, do all these, you know, activities together. No, my life completely changed when I got married. Actually, it says in scripture, when a man and a woman come together, they become one. And the reality is when I got married, I actually became a new creation. And as a new creation, I had to learn what does it mean to eat, weak, eat, walk, talk as a married woman. I had to change the things that I used to do, the things I used to wear, the things I, how I used to act needed to change. Okay. Some things needed to go as a married woman. My life completely changed. When I said, yes, I do to my husband, I made a commitment. When you say, yes, Jesus, I receive you, you are also making a commitment. You are not just saying, amen. You're saying, I do. The biggest relationship that we're called to mirror in scripture in terms of our relationship with Jesus is marriage. And when you look at marriage, you see so many parallels. Listen, if you talk to anybody who is married, their first year is always a hot mess. For some, it's like their first 10 years, but you know, their first year is always because you're just learning. Everything is new. You're figuring it out. Oh, you can't just decide what you want to eat. You got to actually ask somebody what they want to, you know, my husband posted up something on Facebook. He got hurt after this, but it was this like clip from the notebook. I don't know if you guys know that uh, movie, but you know, I know literally I ended that movie like, but it's a romantic, not comedy. It's just a romantic, romantic drama. And there was like a sub caption. I think it was like, what do you, what do you call those images that move? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Gifts. Yeah. 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 It was like a clip or whatever it was, whatever it was. And it was like, this is what it's like asking my girlfriend what she wants to eat. It's like, what do you want? It's this epic dramatic scene. What do you want? What do you want? She's like, it's complicated. 
what do you want? And it's like, this is what it's like. And he posted it up and it's exactly what it's like. And her, like, what do you want to eat tonight? I'm like, it's complicated, right? <laughs> I don't know. But for the first time in his life, he had to consider somebody else. For the first time in my life, I had to consider somebody else. I had to learn how to die to what I wanted to eat and actually segue and think about what he wanted to eat. It's not fun. It's hard. It's inconvenient, but it's amazing. That's what love is. Love is inconvenient. We need to burn all the Valentine's Day cards. We need to burn K-drama. You know, we need to put into flame because some of, I feel like we're getting more discipled by Korean dramas than we are scripture. Because the illustration that we see in Korean dramas is that it's easy, it's epic, it's dramatic, it's, oh, tongshin sarange. You know, it's like this whole, whatever it may be. No, it is hard to love. It is hard to think about somebody else. You know, you guys already have a measure of this in your families. Is it easy to love your siblings? Is it easy to love your parents? For some of you guys, we struggle with that. You know that you have to love them because they're your family. But man, why is it so hard? What about your friendships? Some days it's good, you know. Man, you my girl, besties. Another day you're like, you drive me crazy, you know. It's hard. Relationships, love can be hard. It's designed to be inconvenient because we need to learn that love can only come from our relationship with God. It's, it's basically what I'm saying is love is designed to be impossible and only made possible with Christ. We're called to walk with him. When you got saved, you said, I do. And there aren't days where I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like being your wife. I just don't feel like it. I mean, I wish I had days like that. Lord, I repent, but there are days where I was like, man. And, and when he went off on like, you know, mission trips, I was like, yeah. You know, like I stayed up late and like watched what I wanted to watch and ate what I wanted to eat. And yeah, but you know, a day passes and soon I'm like, oh, (laughs) the cold side of his, you know, the bed. I'm like, where are you? (laughs) I, I, when you said, when I said I do, I meant it for life. I meant it even when it, when things are hard, even when things are tough. My husband, I'm going to consider you. I'm going to learn to die to myself for you. I'm going to commit to you. I'm going to learn what it means to love you. And it doesn't happen. The wedding, the wedding wasn't the apex. It was just the beginning. When I said I do, it was just the beginning of my marriage. But we treat our salvation like that's it. I got saved. Now I'm straight and I can do what I want to do. It doesn't work like that. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord, that was the beginning. Now God is saying, let's walk together. Let's live together. Let's let's learn what it means to, to be in relationship with one another, to consider one another, to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Everybody say Lord. Listen, Jesus isn't just your buddy. Okay. He's not just your counselor. He's not just your comfort. He's not just your friend. Yes, Jesus can manifest and be all of these things. But the number one thing that Jesus needs to be in our lives is Lord. That word Lord is not like a very light term. It's, it's, it's insinuating that we are called to be in submission. When you say I do, we're saying take over. 
come into my heart. We're saying, take over. Be Lord over my life. But all every day we struggle to make Jesus the Lord because we're constantly trying to get by ourselves back in the throne. Like, I know I said that you were Lord yesterday, but today, you know, like, I want to do me. I want to live the way that I want to live. No, this is the journey that we're on. The process of learning how to be in submission and under lordship to Jesus Christ. It starts there. So we're called to walk with him. I'm called to walk with my husband. We live life together. We go through tragedies together. We celebrate together. We, we struggle together. This is what marriage is. We learn to lean on one another. Do we do this perfectly? Absolutely not. Does he drive me crazy? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> but am I committed to be with him? You better believe it. No matter what we go through, I said I do. And I mean it. We're going to walk together. Our Christian life has to be like that. God, when I said yes, when I said yes to you in my life, I want to walk with you. How are we supposed to walk? Let's continue. It says rooted. Let's stop there. Rooted. If you guys understand the whole plant system, listen, I don't understand it that much, but this is what I've learned so far. Roots are very important to plants. <laughs> it's essential. The thing about roots is these, it serves four purposes. Number one, roots are how plants get nourished. It's how they it, it get water, you get nutrients through the soil. It's through the roots. The second, the root establishes support, meaning without the roots, the plants will literally boom. You know, it's really cute. One of my friends, um, when he was in Korea, he taught elementary school, like, physical education. And I was like, dude, what do you teach, like, kindergartners in PE? And he goes, oh, at that age, they're just learning how to balance. You know, like, they just don't know how to work their bodies. So he's like, it, it, the, 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 one of the things that they learn is, like, how to stand on one foot without falling. And he was like, you know, I say, all right, everybody, stand on your, you know, your left leg. And everybody goes like this. And he's like, two seconds later, everybody, you know, it's like, ah, <laughs> like on the floor. Or, like, they just don't know how to balance. When you have deep roots, you know how to sustain and support yourself. That way, when a wind blows, a tree doesn't topple over. Even if it's a very small and thin and growing tree, the wind won't topple it over because the roots are deep and the roots are wide. So it's supportive. Nutrients, it's supportive. Second, it doesn't just take in nutrients, but it stores it up when necessary. Those seasons where you have droughts, those times when there's not enough rain coming in, those roots have already saved up. Listen, I'm already for this situation. Just, I'm ready for this case. When, when I knew rain wasn't going to come, here in these roots, I'm going to still feed you nutrients. And the fourth one is... Oh, depending on the roots, that's how tall you grow the plant. How healthy your roots are is a, is a direct determination of how high the plant will grow or how big the plant will be. Rooted. Scripture says that we're supposed to be rooted in Christ. Is Christ your source? Is Christ your sustenance? Is Christ where you get and live life? Is he what, what enables you to be alive every single day? Are you feeding spiritually off of the knowledge of who Jesus is? Is Christ your support? 
Or is finances your support? Do you consider friends a greater support? Who supports you? Who holds you up when the wind comes beating down on you, trying to get you to bend down? Who's the one that supports you and allows you to stand straight? Is it Jesus? Is it Jesus that keeps you those times, those seasons in your life where you feel like it's straight up a drought? Nothing is going your way. Everything that's supposed to be there for you, falling one by one, domino. But in the midst of that, you're still alive and you're still strong. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus is your root system. That even in the times of drought, God, you give me what I need to be sustained. To be joyful. Not just to live life, but to be thriving in the midst of a storm. Is Jesus the direct reason? No, he is. This is not even a question. The deeper you go in Christ, the stronger of a believer you will be the more lethal you will be as a believer. The deeper you go in the knowledge of Jesus, the more powerful you will be as a Christian. Is he your root system? Are we rooted in Jesus? Let's be real here. There's a lot of things that we root ourselves in. And often it's not Jesus. We tell ourselves, listen, this is what supports me. I'm telling you all of those things. Are fickle when we when we receive Jesus. This is His desire. This is His command. Be rooted in Me. I will sustain you. Even when the rain doesn't come, I will sustain you. Even when the wind is blowing hard, I will sustain you. Being rooted. Second, being built up in Him. Built up. It's the same concept. Build upon is what the KJV says, King James Version, meaning Jesus is our foundation. You know, you can have, you can build the most exquisite building with the most incredible materials. But if your foundation is jacked up, that building is going down. If it's not structurally sound, that building is going down. And so many times as Christians, we focus so much on the outer. We focus so much on the behavior. We focus so much on, on building up and being strong that we forget that Jesus himself is our foundation. You know what that means? That means the more you know Jesus, the stronger your foundation is. How well do you know Jesus? Some of us express our love for Jesus is is expressed so wildly, but our depth of love is so shallow. The more, the longer I'm married to my husband, the more we do life, the more I love him. You hear people say that and it's like, oh, so corny. No, it's true. Why? Because the longer I'm with him, the more I know him. So when I said I love you to him years ago, it's completely different than when I say I love you today because I know more about my husband. That word, I love you, it's deeper. It has a greater substance. Our love for God, our love for Jesus is called to continuously grow. And the more it grows, the more we grow in our knowledge of Jesus, the more we grow in our knowledge of who God is, the stronger our foundation is. If you know anything about apartments and how they're built, the deeper, the long, the, the, the longest part of building an apartment is the foundation. I don't know why I have this anointing. But the anointing is every apartment that I live in always has construction going on next door. (laughs) Like, man, it sucks. You you just like five o'clock in the morning. And you're just like, why? And I remember one of the apartments, my last apartment, the the next plot of land over, they were rebuilding this um, 
new, brand new, I forget what kind of apartments it was, Lotte Apartments or something like that. The first thing they did was they just tore down the old buildings. And the second thing was they just straight up dug. They just dig and dig and dig and dig and dig. And then for the, it, the longest period of time was the foundation. Once the foundation was laid, that apartment seriously went up like three months later. Like I looked and I was like, what the, how did that happen? Went up so fast. The building up is easy when the foundation is strong. We're called to be built upon Jesus and established. That means unshakable, secure, firm in the faith. Now watch this. This is the part of the message that I really want to release to you guys. These next couple of words, everyone repeat after me, just as you were taught, just as you were taught. Guess what? We want to be rooted. We want to be built upon Jesus. We want to be established, but it's like, hold up. He, how do we do it? You get taught. This is the key. You want to walk with Jesus? You got to let yourself be taught. Someone has to teach you the way. How do you know how to brush your teeth? How do you know how to spell your name? How do you know how to wash your face? How do you know how to put on your clothes? Somebody showed you. Somebody taught you from a young age. Somebody took their time and showed you. Or you know what? Some of you say, you know, I was self-taught. I taught myself how to time. You weren't self-taught, please. Maybe someone didn't stand next to you, but just by observing somebody else do it, you learned. But you still were taught. You didn't think one day, oh, oh, now I know how to tie my shoelaces. When we get saved, when we live as a Christian, we have to be taught. We have to allow ourselves to have someone speak into our lives and teach us, man, how am I, how am I supposed to be a Christian in today's age? What does it mean to live a Christian life? What, what does it mean to walk with Jesus as a student? What does it mean to walk with Jesus as a, as a sister, as a, as a brother? What does it mean to walk with Jesus in Korea? Someone needs to show us and teach us the way. We don't just figure it out. You don't just get born. Oh, now I know everything about the world. Yet we live our Christian lives like that. We think, you know what? I'm going to just figure this out for myself. Christianity is what I choose, what I want it to be. I'm going to just come to Tuesday large group and shoot, it'll be enough. No. No, you guys don't know how powerful you are. You don't know how much power you're carrying, how much authority you have, because someone hasn't taught you. You don't know the victory that you're walking in. You don't know the substance of Jesus's love, unshakable love for you because someone hasn't taught you. Are you allowing yourself to be taught? This is why things like discipleship, familias, going out to church services, people think it's optional. I'm telling you, if you want to walk with Jesus, those are non-negotiable. Why? Because in those places, we're getting taught how to live. We're getting taught how to walk. We're getting taught how to think. Oh, man, I used to think like this when I didn't know Jesus, but now I see, according to Scripture, through this teaching, that I'm supposed to do it completely opposite. Meaning, when I used to suffer back in the day, I would wallow in self-pity. But according to Scripture, I can have joy in all circumstances. Somebody needs to guide us, teach us, walk with us. Are you getting taught? 
I remember my brother, he's five years older than me. And, oh, I love my brother. Like, I used to straight up, like, want to be him. Like, I was so sad I was a girl. And I would wear my brother's clothes, and I would follow him around. I was probably the most annoying little sister ever, but he was awesome. And um, I remember when... He's the one that taught me everything because my parents, they, they, they had no patience for me. I remember when I needed to learn how to drive, my mom tried to teach me, and it was like, seriously? I took a wrong turn. I went on the highway. I don't know if you guys remember. I, I don't know if you know how to drive, but when I first learned how to drive, going on the highway is mad scary. I'm still scared today. And, and what happened was I was on the highway, and there was two trucks, one on this side and one on this side. And imagine me in the wheel and my mom here and both of us going, ah, like screaming. And my mom was like, get off the highway. After that first lesson, she's like, I'm never getting in the car with you ever again. Tell your brother to teach you. My brother was in college at the time, but when he came back for vacation, he took the time and slowly, step by step, taught me how to check my mirrors, check my seat, get my rear view mirrors all set up, and how, the, the gas pedal and how I have to actually press it in order to move forward. He's like, harder. He, he had to teach me. I wasn't going to just sit there and imagine and envision I'm going to be this fantastic driver and think I'm going to get there just by good thinking. No, he had to literally show me step by step. Not only did he drive, teach me how to drive, he taught me how to drive stick shift manual, which is like a whole other level of driving. And I'm just like sitting there like, you know, and you see, you know, in the car like shutting down and he was like, oh my gosh. I didn't get it right the first couple of times, but eventually I learned. Why? Because he was there beside me. Christian, we're not designed to be perfect. But when you allow someone just to walk with you, it's okay. We're not calling for perfection. But when we allow someone to walk with us, they help us. Okay, you stole the car here. Let's just turn it off. Let's turn it back on. Let's do this again. Okay, you slipped up. You fell into sin yesterday. But that's all right. Let's repent. Let's gear back up. Let's start again. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be somebody in your life that's teaching you. Who is teaching you how to walk with Christ? Apostle Paul didn't say, figure it out yourself. Do it because I wrote it in this letter. He said, do these things as you were taught. I'm not a very tech savvy person. Um, I confess. My husband is, so I'm always like, you know, learning new things. Like the other, no, seriously, I think last year I learned how to do the shortcut copy and paste on an Apple computer. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's right. Like, it's seriously, my whole, like, it, it just, <laughs> I, I was reading a BuzzFeed article about like, I, it's, I don't know if it was BuzzFeed or one of these articles that spin around about different tricks about your iPhone. And I was reading it through and I was like, oh my gosh, this whole time. This whole time, all I needed to do, you know, was like double click this or, you know, I, I, I was amazed. I was amazed at what my phone was capable of doing when someone took the time and showed me how to use it. You will be amazed at how strong you are. You would be so amazed at how anointed you are. You would be so amazed at how powerful you are if you allowed someone to show you. We live our Christian life with unnecessary hardship because we're not letting somebody teach us. I live with unnecessary iPhone hardship. 
I did everything the long way. What I found out took two seconds. It was taking me 15 minutes. Why? Because nobody showed me how to do that. It wasn't until I learned my life improved greatly. It's the same way. We try to figure it out on our own. Too much, too often, that's not the way it was designed. God always designed for us to be taught. This is how you live the life that's actually abundant. So many of us are trying to change ourselves and teach ourselves. Can you imagine teaching yourself algebra without any foundation or clue? I hate math, like with a passion. Like I have a deep passion, you know, like I hated math. I really did. And I can't imagine trying to figure that out on my own. Can you imagine taking a test and you haven't been taught anything? And you're taking the test and it's all these equations and you're like, what the heck? I've never seen this before. So many Christians live their life like that. We go through circumstances and trials and we're like, I don't know what to do. And we go to our addition. One plus one is two. You know, we go with the basics and we have no idea how to navigate life because we're not allowing ourselves to get taught. We're all like glorified iPhone fives. We are. We have yet to tap into our power potential. I remember just even learning about how to take authority over my emotions. You know, I've been a Christian for, I got saved when I was 12. I'm 30 now. (laughs) I'm 30. I just turned 30 a couple of days ago. And so that's still weird to say I'm 30. Anyway, what is that? How, how many years is that? 18 years, 18 years. So seriously, like in my 13th year of being a Christian is when I was finally taught that my emotions does not need to rule my life. 13 years of my Christian faith. I was in submission to my emotions, meaning when I didn't feel like it, I never did it. Meaning when I was sad, I was always sad. No matter what I, what I felt was what dictated. It was the, what my Lord, this is how I'm feeling. I don't feel like going to familiar. Therefore I will not go to familiar. It wasn't until someone taught me, hold up. Uh Oh, look, sounds like there's some, some of y'all staff is amen in here. Looks like I'm hitting on something. It wasn't until recently that I was taught our emotions should be in submission to our spirit, meaning I don't feel like it, but it doesn't matter what I feel like. I know I have the strength and the authority through Christ to do what I need to do. I don't feel like going to church because it's inconvenient. What did I say? Love is inconvenient. Relationship is inconvenient, but we got to choose commitment. You know what? I don't, there's so many times I don't feel like doing things with my husband. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like forgiving you right now because what you said five minutes ago hurt my feelings. You need to be punished. <laughs> Yo, I punished my husband so much first couple of years of marriage. It wasn't like the first year. I, I, I think everyone deals with, with anger in different ways. For me, I shut down. So like if someone does anything to piss me off, I'm like, mm. 
And literally inside, it's like, shut down mode 10, 9. And literally, once I get in that zone, I'm not talking to you. I'm not even going to look at you. I'm going to look at the wall. <laughs> I'm not engaging you at all. No, seriously, it was like, shut down mode. And my husband, he's a problem solver. So when he gets angry, he just wants to deal with it right then and there. Like, he wants to hash it out. Like, no, what's the problem? What's the problem? And I'm... No, but what did I say? What did I say? But I know that in marriage, I'm supposed to forgive. I'm supposed to let go. I can't let the sun go down on my anger. I let the sun go down a lot when I was angry, when I was first. It's not fun. And you wake up and you're still pissed. Seriously. You wake up and you're like, ah. You know, like, it was poisonous. I didn't feel like it. it feels good to revel in my anger. It felt good to punish somebody. But no, I had authority. Even then I didn't realize, but I had authority to reign over my emotion. And in that place saying, you know what? I feel angry and I feel like I want to punish you, but I'm going to do what I know I'm called to do. And I'm just going to forgive. And soon our fights went from seriously hours of ignoring each other. Well, no, me ignoring him and him trying to talk to me. To as soon as I get offended, I'm like, you know what? All right, it's okay. It's all right. Let's talk about it in 15 minutes. I just need some time to cool down, but it's okay. I love you. That used to take like eight hours (laughs) for me to say that. Eight hours wasted. Eight hours stressed out. Eight hours angry. Eight hours playing in the devil's playground of just thoughts of what I wanted to do to my husband, you know, like eight hours all cut down into just a few minutes because I've learned that my emotions will not rule me. It will not rule me. How did I learn that power? How did I learn how to live that? Somebody taught me. Somebody sat me down and opened up the scriptures and said, you have authority over this. And then I realized, oh, Wow, I do. And then I begin to live that victorious life. I'm still in the process of being taught. I still haven't tapped into my full potential as a believer, as a Christian. I know it. So I'm always a student. I'm always a student. I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to come under my spiritual mentors and say, well, what about this? And what about that? Why? Because I still need guidance in walking my life with Jesus. You don't graduate from that. We don't graduate from teaching. We continuously get taught. So this is my question. Have you been committed to being taught? Are you committing to that? Are you actually saying, you know what? I need to learn. I need to learn how to walk with the Lord. I need to learn. And these are the areas where I can learn. And therefore, these areas will now be non-negotiables in my life. Not just when it's convenient. Oh, yeah. No, none of my friends are able to hang out, so I'll be there. No. I have everybody calling me, texting me. I have so many things I could be doing right now, but you know what? I'm going to be here in this place getting taught so that I can walk with Christ. Look at verse 8. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Let me tell you something. 
Every day of your life, there are so many things that are trying to teach you about life. Whether you think you're in discipleship to something or not, you are. What are you spending most of your time doing? How many hours of TV are you watching? Without realizing it, your TV is actually discipling you. What kind of books are you reading? Even if it's for fun, are you obsessed with this, I don't know, series or whatever? If you're not thinking straight, that those book series are discipling you. It's t- so much of what you believe about marriage, so much of what you believe about friendship, so much of what you believe about this world, about relationships, is actually coming from not scripture, but from other things you spent your time on. So whether you realize or not, you are getting discipled, but who are you letting disciple you? What are you letting disciple you? This was a critical issue for Apostle Paul and for this church because they were literally being led astray from their faith because they were allowing other teachings to disciple them. There's so many Christians that check off Christian on these polls, but they don't even know who Christ is. It's their own image of who Jesus is. It's what they've created. It's their patchwork of, I like this from this religion. I like this from this part of scripture. Oh, but I don't like this part of scripture. This is, this is not me. And they've just put their own thing together. They've created their own Jesus and are submitting to their own creation. This is not Christianity. Who's discipling you? We have to live according to the purpose that our creator has for us. That's our design. There was one, I I don't know why BuzzFeed is, shoot, you know, I got to deal with my internet issues. But I was uh, looking at yet another BuzzFeed article and it was like, Something, 71 hacks in life. Or, and it was all these different, like, how to use paper clips or ketchup bottles for, like, its alternative purposes. You know, like, you think one thing, and all of a sudden ketchup bottles, like, for pancake batter. And you make perfect pancakes. And you're like, what? Mind blown, you know? Like, I don't even know. You can do all these things. And some of us are not living in our original function. You know? Because we can live life doing other things. Like it's possible for a ketchup bottle to always be a pancake batter, you know, squeezy tube, but it's design was to be a ketchup bottle. I don't know how far I'm going to be able to go with this example, but what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that there's only one user manual for you and me. There's one set of directions. There's one, one area where we can learn how we're called to live life or who we're supposed to be. It's this. It's this. I remember at church, there was a skit back in the day, a couple of years ago. And the skit was a a little boy and a little girl playing video games. And, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know if um, you guys ever remembered Super Mario Brothers or, you know, those really easy games. And and in, in the skit, they kept dying at level one. You know, it's like, like they just kept dying. No matter what they tried, they kept dying. And it wasn't until someone was like, hey... Let's read the rules of the game. (laughs) You know, like, let's read the explanation of what we're supposed to do. And they picked it up and they read it. And all of a sudden, obviously, they're going from level to level to level. They're not making it perfectly. They may fail a couple of times, but they're still progressing. They're still moving forward. Why? Because they picked up the user manual. This is our guide. It's scripture. This is where our 
our revelation, our knowledge of Jesus gets deeper. But we, we need people in our lives. We need community to make this come to life. It's not just me in the Bible and myself in the corner. You can't listen. You, we're not that smart. Okay, let me break this to you. You're not that smart <laughs> to figure this out on your own. It's designed to be unraveled through fellowship. Through fellowship, through commitment. As you were taught. As you were taught. This is my heart for you guys. Let's get taught. Let's learn. Let's be committed to learning who we are. Let's be committed to learn what it means to walk with Christ in power. Let's be committed to discover the potential that we actually have inside. What we didn't even realize we were capable of doing. Let's be committed to learn together. I remember the first time I saw healing from my hands. No one told me that I could be used to see physical healing. I learned it at a retreat. And I remember thinking, what are you talking about? Only that's like only in the Bible times, you know, like God doesn't heal anymore. You know, that's strange. And through the teaching, through the unfolding of scripture, I learned, no, that's not true. God is the same yesterday, today, and, and forever. (laughs) I was like losing my way (laughs) yesterday, today, and forever. And, And he still heals. And I remember the moment I learned it and I actually believed it, I received it. There was a young lady who came up to me and was like, I'm having so much pain in my teeth. I think it was her wisdom tooth or whatever it may be. And I just, from what I learned was like, all right, well, I'm going to pray for you because God heals and he can heal through me. So I put my hand on her mouth. I prayed and she looks up at me and she goes, it's gone. The pain is completely gone. And I know I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was really surprised. You know, I was like, oh, in Jesus' name, it's gone. It's really gone. Oh, my gosh, it's gone. Are you sure? Like, check it. No, it was gone. I graduated from from healing teeth to seeing a paralyzed, someone who got shot in the back. There was an old man. He was one of these deacon's friends out in Thailand. Um, my friend Mina and I, she's a pastor down at Seaside. I remember this so distinctly. We were learning about healing like in depth in that season and that we have the authority to heal through the power of Jesus. And there's this, we saw in Pattaya, Thailand, like literally legs growing out. We saw like people's hips getting aligned straight, people who are limping, walking straight. Like we just saw all these incredible healings. And I remember we were sharing these stories at this home that we were staying at. And the man that we were talking with, one of, the, one of his friends was limping. He literally, like, had to carry his leg like this. And, and he was like, pray for my friend and heal him. And we're like, oh, snap. I mean, I know we said that we can heal, but, you know, just all of a sudden we're like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. So we laid hands and we prayed for him. What we found out was that he got shot. There was a bullet wound in his back, and it wounded his spinal cord that that directly relates to the nervous system in his uh, right leg. And so it was kind of like dead weight. 
but they didn't need to remove it. It was just dead weight. So he constantly needed to pick it up and, you know, help himself when he walked. And so we prayed for him. We laid hands on his leg. We laid hands on his back. And, and, you know, he, he wasn't, he just became a believer. And so he looks up and he's like, uh, uh, my legs on fire. What are you doing? My legs, I feel fire on my legs. What are you doing? Like he was alarmed and, and like, what's happening? And so we're like, oh, this is good. This is good. You know, we got encouraged and we're like, all right. And we're like, can you, can you walk? And he was like, no, I still, I still can't move. And so we're like, all right, let's pray again. So we prayed again. Why? Because we were taught just because it doesn't happen the first time. Somebody taught us that you can pray again. And so because we were taught, we learned, we prayed again. And we prayed again. All of a sudden, he's like looking at his foot like this, like in amazement. He's not moving. He's just looking at his foot. I'm like, what, what's going on? And I see his toes wiggling. And he said, I haven't been able to move my toes in like 13 plus years. And there they were just wiggling. And we we're like, oh, snap. We're like, get up. Try walking. Try walking. And so slowly he just starts limping. But all of a sudden, he feels strength in his legs. And he just starts walking. Can you believe it? He just started walking. Then we just started praying for other people in the house. And he went into the hallway and all we hear is, and we're like, what the heck is going on? He's running back and forth in the hallway. And he comes back sweating. I could have missed that opportunity of seeing him get healed. But somebody taught me what it means to walk with Christ. I allowed myself to come in a place where I was going to get teaching over and over and over. You know, there's so many times where I prayed for people and I didn't see healing. And I could have walked away on my own thinking it doesn't work. But again, somebody taught me. God used teachers in my life to teach me, don't get discouraged. God can still heal, have faith. You guys can do so much more than that. You know how I know? That's what scripture says. Jesus said himself, and even greater things will you do than what you've seen me do. But are we walking that life? Are we living lives that are greater than Jesus right now? Are we living to our full potential right now? No, we're in the process. But we grow in that as we allow ourselves to be committed to teaching, to be committed to learning. I want you guys to just close your eyes.